Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns and I'm your host and I'm really, truly excited to be here with you. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, how our brains are wired for connection and empathy, okay? Now, even though this might seem like a little bit of a, <laughs> a little woo-woo subject, if you will, uh, it actually really is firmly rooted in the in the ability to be successful in our business and I'm going to prove that to you by the end of this uh, podcast. I promise. And at the end, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of a uh, practice that you can do to, to really enhance uh, your level of empathy and your level of uh, altruism, which again are two things that are enormously important in the business world. So I really encourage you to, to stay tuned until the very end because it's only going to be at the very end that I'm going to give you this practice. Um, and it's really, really valuable. So uh, so before I can really explain all this, I wanted to, it's kind of helpful for you to have a very, very basic understanding of the anatomy of your brain, okay? Because the, there's different areas of our brain that act in different ways, and, and there's a very specific area that's involved with the kind of thing that I'm talking about today. Um, so again, in the most simple terms, and the, obviously this is very, very complicated. I mean, your brain is more complicated than almost anything else known to <laughs> known to man, um, but I'm going to give you a very, very simplified version of, of how it all works together, okay? So, so essentially, you can look at your brain as three Three different levels on a on a vertical um, uh, axis. Right now, it's, it, there's always the left and the right brain, which are actually two separate. Uh, um, organs, right? Uh, but but there's also a, a low, a mid, middle, and a high level of your brain. Okay, so so starting at the bottom, you have your brain stem, right? Which is the thing that's attached to the top of your spinal cord, right? Now this is responsible. They call it the reptilian brain, okay? And this is responsible for for just the the very biological functions. So blinking your eyes, breathing, your sweat glands, your, um, you know, your growth, all this kind of stuff is, is, is purely uh, driven by this brainstem area. Now they call it the lizard brain or the reptile brain because, because it is totally free of any emotions, any uh, morals, any kind of thoughts at all. You know, a lizard will actually push its young, its, its little baby lizards that were just born, a mother will push her, her little baby lizard out in front of a predator just just to save herself, right? So that's what they mean when they say the reptilian brain, right? It's like, it's just about survival. There's no compassion or, or emotion at, at all, right? <laughs> and so so on top of that, you have what's called the limbic area or the limbic system is sometimes referred to. And this is um, is, is common to all mammals, okay? And um, and it is responsible for uh, for your emotions, okay? And it's, it's like sort of the emotional center of the brain. And, um, you know, even though the right half of your brain is also dealing with your emotions this this middle area this limbic system is sort of um, you know known to be an emotional center of your brain and it's also where uh, you know your hippocampus lies which is your um, you know the the ability to learn new stuff and to remember you know information uh, and then also this thing called the insula which is where you know it gets into that emotional part the insula is responsible for um, for for relaying feelings coming from your body which are emotions uh, and then distribute them into the different areas of your, of your brain to like you know uh, different functions and stuff like that right and then also in this area is the amygdala now we talked about the amygdala yesterday and I think the day before as well it's a very very important part of our brain and it's that thing that is responsible for our fight and flight uh, response to things okay um, so that's that's the limbic area now on top of that you have what's known as the cortex now um, that is the part of the brain that when you when you see a picture of the 
brain or you close your eyes and you imagine a picture of the brain, that's what you're seeing. It's that wrinkly, mushy, you know, big thing that's like in the dome shape. And so that's called the cortex, okay? And that's where our thinking occurs, okay? So so the limbic area is all automatic, okay? The, you know, it's, it's, it's totally subconscious. Like you're not thinking about it. You know, it doesn't like talk to you. It's just, it just happens and it happens very, very quickly, all right? Whereas the cortex is, is known as the executive part of your brain and that's where all your thinking goes. And that's where your morals lie. That's where your uh, sense of, of belonging that's where your, you know, your, your, um, your kindness, your, you know, just any kind of thoughts that you can have, any active thinking that you have is up there in the cortex. Okay. So, so that's, that's the, uh, sort of basic layout of your brain. Okay. So, so what I'm going to talk about today is, is between the limbic area and the, uh, cortex. Okay. But mostly the limbic area. So this, again, this limbic area is all about emotions and reactions. Okay. Um, Daniel Goleman, who's the author of Emotional Intelligence, and then a couple of years later, Social Intelligence, two really amazing books, really important books for anyone in business. I really strongly re- you know, recommend reading these. It's going to give you an enormous amount of help in dealing with people. And that's what business is really, right? Um, so he calls this area the low road of the brain. Okay. So, so let me illustrate what he means by that. So, so when you're talking to someone, right? You know, as you're having a conversation, you know, this person's saying something to you and and while you're looking and, and listening to what they're they're saying, you, this this upper thinking part of your brain, right, <laughs> might be thinking not only about what they're saying, but you might even be saying to yourself things like, well, I really agree with that point that this person just made, but I don't agree with that one that they just made a minute ago. And, uh, and you know, and I, I, I you know, the, the color of their shirt is a little weird. And, and you know, and it's kind of, you know, where did they get that jacket that they're wearing? And, you know, these kind of thoughts. And then again, you might, your, your mind might wander and you might be thinking about, wow, you know, I, I wonder where I'm going to go to lunch today while this person's talking to you. And that's a whole different problem. We're gonna get, I'm going to do a whole podcast on Monday about active listening, which is going to alleviate that, which is, again, a very, very important skill for people in business, okay? Whether you're in, in management, sales, or business ownership, active listening is a huge uh, you know, advantage and a huge tool, and it's very trainable. And I'm going to give you training on that on Monday. Um, but for now, um, so, so we're talking about this, um, you know, th- this thinking that goes on while you're listening to someone, right? And it can, it can span that whole range that I mentioned. But now at the same time that this is happening, okay, your limbic area is what's doing, it was what's called resonating with the other person. Now, now limbic resonance is a, is a, a term that you may have come across in your life or may not. Um, but, but that is where we are, you know, and, and this is all of us do this. Okay. And it's just, it's very, very well-established science, you know, and you can read those two books I just mentioned, social intelligence, emotional intelligence, and, and there's study after study after study is cited in these books to, to really prove how this has been rigorously challenged by science. Okay. And so, so when, when your, your limbic area is resonating with the other person, Person. What's happening then is that you're registering on a very subconscious level, okay, various facial expressions, what they call micro expressions, right? Which are, you know, just little muscle changes around the eyes or the mouth and, and your and, and your your limbic area is picking up on this as as someone is talking to you. And this includes also gestures, it includes uh, slight inflections of the voice that might be changing. And so your limbic area is registering this way outside of your 
your consciousness. Okay, you don't even know what's going on. Okay, but it is. And um, and again, this is very very uh, much in in you know very tested in science. And and you know I speak from a place of like very strong evidence. Okay. Um, and this is this is actually you know it happens so quickly, and it is actually rooted in our basic survival instinct. Okay. So so for instance, if you're if you're standing there talking to somebody, say on a train platform in the morning, right? And you're, you're facing the person and all of a sudden the person looks behind you and they have a, a slight look of some concern. The first thing you do is turn around and see what's going on, right? And that's the same kind of thing. And that's not something where you, you think it through first. You say, hmm, I wonder why that person turned around like that. That's weird. Or, or it's looking like that. I, I, that's weird, huh? I wonder if I should turn around and look. No, no, you don't do that. You just, boom, you look, right? And that's your, your you know, again, the reactive, the amygdala, you know, is, is doing its job and it's happening very, very, very fast. Okay. Like you're talking about like, you know, like less than like one hundredth or one thousandth of a second or something like that. It's like crazy fast. Um, and so, um, so there's actually another test, um, you know, that, um, (laughs) that, that, that they've done on this. There's a guy named uh, Simon Baron Cohen uh, in uh, Cambridge University, I believe. Um, and so he has this reading the mind in the eye test. Okay. And this is a test where they give to people in psychology and, and just as a test. And you can actually probably look it up online. I, I did a version of it, um, you know, an abbreviated version, which actually is in the book, uh, Social Intelligence. Um, but there's 36 images involved in this test. And, they, and they're just really close cropped images of the eyes. Okay. Okay, and and as you go through the thirty six images, you you multiple choice, you 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 know tick off what you feel there. The emotion is attached to it, so whether it's you know flirtatious, angry, sad, you know worried, you know so on and so forth, right? And so there's thirty six of these, and you you know people do amazingly well on these on the average, but but those who do exceptionally well are seen as more empathic people, more you know sort of tending towards empathy. Um, so and and in fact this. This is exactly what we and this to speak of how this is rooted in our uh, in our survival instinct. This is exactly what babies do. Okay, now they've done some really kind of troubling experiments with babies in psychology, where they'll have a uh, caregiver, like even the mother, right, of a baby, you know, kind of give the baby everything it needs, right, like put the binky in his mouth and you know cover up, you know, with a blanket or you know feed the baby or or you know whatever is necessary for the baby. When the baby's crying, pick it up and hold it, but doing all of this with a complete deadpan expression, like no emotions at all, and what they shown in these experiments, and again, this is like very, very well-established science, um, they've shown that that when, <laughs> you know, the, the baby is still getting everything the baby needs to survive, right? It's food, it's comfort, it's binky, it's diapers, everything is being taken care of. But without that emotional level of the mother or the caregiver, the baby actually goes into like a, a state of, of, of high anxiety and depression and, and hyperarousal to the point where like the heart beats faster and like fear response comes in and there's different ways that the babies you know try to elicit these uh these responses out of the people and again you can look that up and look in detail it's it's kind of troubling to to uh to think about these babies going through it especially if you're a parent um but again it's 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 what happens right so so again this is showing us that we we are wired for this connection to emotion with within uh, one another right and so um so this is the same 
this same limbic resonance is responsible also for our gestures linking up to one another. Now, again, this is very well studied. If you have two people talking to each other who are, who are on like the same page, like, you know, connected on some level of, you know, friendship or, or a colleague or whatever, and they're talking to each other, you can watch their, their gestures link up to one another. And, and this has, again, been, been very well observed in science. And this is, again, this is the limbic area that's doing that. People aren't thinking like, like oh, you know, my friend here is, is, you know, moving his arm back and forth, so I should move my arm back and forth. You know, that's silly. Nobody ever does that, right? But yet you will find that if you pay attention, you'll find that, that you actually do that. Your, your gestures start to mirror the other people and their gestures start to mirror yours, right? And this is the same limbic resonance that we're talking about, Okay. And in fact, you know, there's another study <laughs> that was done with um, in a sleep uh, expert. Uh, a sleep expert did this study in the University of Michigan uh, quite a number uh, about. 10, 15 years ago, uh, in a study of co-sleeping, right? So where you had um, uh, parents who sleep with their young baby, right? And so they had this this bedroom set up in a lab, right? Just looks like any other bedroom, you know, nightstand with a lamp, the whole thing. And uh, and they would videotape the people sleeping with their children, right? And they would also monitor their, their vital signs and, and you know, and, and the, the breathing. And what they found was that the breathing and the heartbeats all matched up to one another, right? As they're sleeping, right? And then not only that they would see that that when the um you know say like the the father on the left side of the bed would would like you know like roll over on his right on his left side and like put his right arm up and then a couple of minutes later the baby in the middle would roll over on onto her right side on her left side and put her right arm up and then the wife would do the same exact thing and they watch this over and over and over again and it's you know and it's, again that is the part of our brains that are constantly connected to one another and and it's way outside of our consciousness okay um and in fact this is how we can tell if someone is lying to us okay so when um when their facial expressions don't match up to their words now this is especially evident if you have kids and you know that your kid like you know when your kid comes in and says no i didn't take the the cookies out of the out of the cabinet you know and put them in my bedroom you know you can see that that he's saying this but his eyes look worried or his eyes look like, you know, like scared or something like that. Right. And that's the same thing that we're talking about right now. Obviously with kids, it's very obvious, but, but with adults, you can even pick it up. Right. And, uh, and to this point, this is a favorite thing of mine that, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is, uh, is known to have said that, that if he wants to feel what someone else is feeling, all he has to do is mimic their facial expression with his own and he would be and then just identify how he's feeling in his body and he would have a very very good idea of how that person is feeling like what's going on in their bodies you know and so again this is all you know sort of the the mechanisms that we have in our brains and bodies which you know that's all driven by this this limbic area of our bodies of our brains rather sorry that um that that just do amazing things and again it's really Really, really showing a lot of evidence that we are in fact wired to be connected to one another. Okay, now <clears throat> all of this is every bit of what I said is at the root of empathy. Now, empathy is an enormous asset for us in business, okay? There's no question about it, right? Um, when you feel empathy for someone, what you're really doing is you're feeling what they feel in your own body. Again, that's a link that you have to them, right? <clears throat> 
there's a famous psychologist named John Gottman, okay, who, um, who he's a psychologist who works with married couples. And he actually, uh, he's actually known to be able to tell within a 10 minute conversation with a couple, whether they're going to remain together for more than like five years. And he says, that's why he doesn't get invited to many dinner parties anymore. Um, but he does this experiment where he has couples talking about a conflict while they're being videotaped. And at the end of that, <clears throat> they, the couples then watch the videotapes separately. And, and if the, the couple is a, able to identify the feelings of what the other person is feeling while they're talking about a given part of the conversation, if they're able to identify that same feeling within their own body, that shows an increased empathy and that shows the likelihood that those people will be able to work out their differences and, and remain together. So now that's a married couple, right? But, but what if, what if we talk about that in terms of someone who works for you, right? Like, like, you know, like say if you're, if you're a manager, you know, people who work in your department or if you're a sales professional, you know, your prospective clients or your existing clients, or, or if you're a small business owner, your employees, right? If they, if you can feel in your own body, what they are feeling in their body, right? This, this limbic resonance makes them feel that from you. Okay. It's like a loop. It's like, you know, it's a constant thing that's happening. And again, it's way outside of our consciousness. So it's not something you have to even understand. It's just something that you, you know, kind of need to do, or if you can do it, it's going to benefit you because what happens then is that the other person feels heard. They feel felt. And when that happens, these people are going to start following you. They're going to start buying from you. (laughs) They're going to start working harder for you, you know, without even understanding why and without even understanding that they're doing it right. They're just going to be attracted to this because it feels so good. All right. Um, so, so, and again, it, it feels so good on a subconscious level, right? So that they don't even know why it's happening, right? So it's not something you have to explain. It's not something you need to understand. It's just something that happens as you go through it. If you go through things in this certain way. Now, again, in a couple minutes, I'm going to give you a great exercise that's going to help you to develop this skill. And, and it's so easy. You're not even going to believe it. Right. <laughs> um, but, but I just wanted to say that this is essentially, this is the basis of emotional intelligence and social intelligence. And, and if you, you know, emotional intelligence is so vital to the business world that it, it can't be overstated. It literally cannot be overstated, right? The, the ability, you know, cause again, emotional intelligence is the ability to monitor your own and another person's emotional goings on, right? And if and if we can do that, we can then use that information to the best to the to the best possible outcome for both of us, right? It's not about manipulation, right? It's it's also about like giving your employees or your your people in your department or your clients giving them what they need, right? It's not about just getting something for yourself, it's about giving too. And when you can do that again, it becomes this loop effect that that just makes everybody more happy. And when everybody's happy, you know, profits go up, (laughs) you know, productivity goes up, sales happen easier and all the rest of it. Okay. All right. So now take out a pen and paper. I'm going to give you a quick exercise. Okay. And it's not going to take long, but, uh, but it's worth writing down if, if you have a pen and paper. Um, so this is called, 
uh, just like me, loving kindness. Now, loving kindness meditation is a classic. You know, it's been you know the the Buddhist people have been working on this with this for for you know millennia, literally twenty five hundred years. You know, um, so it's a very common practice and it's a very common term. Um, and then, of course, this is not any kind of Buddhism that we're talking about, but it is borrowed from that. Okay, um, but but what we've done and, and that and the loving kindness is all just about you know extending well-wishing, extending altruism to people, which again, altruism is a huge part of business now, okay, in corporate America for the last 15, 20 years, it's been a huge buzzword, and that's not stopping, it's getting more and more and more, okay, go ahead, look up uh, corporate altruism, I, I told you yesterday to do it on on, on uh, YouTube, but that doesn't work so well, I tried it yesterday, it didn't work so well, but if you Google corporate altruism or altruism in corporate America, you know, article after article after article after article, so, so it's a real deal okay and so so the loving kindness will will help exercise that level of of altruism okay but but to add this other part which is just a modern um you know we we've done this in modern times and uh and and it's done for a business course actually um that that we add this other dimension of it which which increases empathy okay and that's the just like me part now empathy relies on the ability not only to see you know, what's happening in somebody else's body as if it's happening in yours, but it starts with the fact of, of, you know, being able to see that other person as like you, okay, or as, as alike to you, right? So, so in other words, if you see somebody as different, it's going to be really, really hard for you to get that sense of what they are feeling in their body in your body, right? Whereas the more you can see them as looking like you, or, or not just looking, but being like you, the more easily you're going to be able to feel that empathy, that that identify what they're feeling in their body to to what you're feeling in yours, which again is the very foundation of emotional intelligence, right? Which is which is you know very very important in business, okay? As I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, in fact they've done tests on this as well. <laughs> I'm not going to overload you with science here, but um, but they've done tests on this where people were you know if people even thought that the the person that they were looking at in an experiment had the same political uh, leanings, right? Like if, if you were told that this person is a liberal and you're a liberal, you had more empathy for them, right? Or, or if you're a conservative and you're told this person is a conservative, you had more empathy for them. Okay, so it's, it's a real thing and it really happens. Okay, so, so here's how we do it. Now, the, the exercise is done in three main stages, okay? And, and it's going to involve um, uh, you picturing three different people as you go through this. Now, first of all, let me understand, let me make very, very clear about something, okay? You know, I, I mentioned that this is rooted in Buddhism, okay? And so, so when people hear that, you know, and they hear the word meditation and Buddhism in the same t- in term, in the same sentence, they start thinking like, oh gosh, you know, this is woo-woo crap, I'm not into it. And so I just want you to understand, okay, there's no need for any kind of uh, special mats or pillows. You don't need any gongs or chimes or bells or incense or oils or, or new age music in the background or nothing like that. Okay. This is literally, you can do this sitting at your desk. You can do it sitting on the train. You can do it sitting in your car, not while you're driving probably, but, but like sitting in the parking lot before work or at the train station or wherever you are, you can do it standing online at the grocery store. Okay. Literally, this is not anything like a special, you know, meditation where you have to get into some kind of pose and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I just want to be really, really, really clear about that. Okay. So the way this works is you simply close your eyes 
and you picture someone, you know, and now again, let me, I'm sorry, let me back up for a second. So it's done in three stages and you're going to be asked to picture three different people. Okay. So the first person you're going to picture is someone who you really care for. Okay. Somebody who's in your life, who it's just an automatic love kind of thing, right? So whether that's your spouse, uh, your, you know, romantic interest, uh, your children, you know, your, your grandparents, you know, um, you know, for some, some of us might be your in-laws for some of us, it might not, um, you know, but, but people who you really care about, right? So the, you know, like there's no question, right? So, so start with that person because it's like easier. Okay. Then the next person you're going to picture is someone who is neutral to you. Okay. So, so this could be, uh, you know, somebody you see on the train every morning, but you've never met. Right. Or, you know, we all have those trained people, those trained friends we know, right. And, you know, you kind of don't even know their name, but you like talk about the sports or something like that. You know, or it could be someone who works in a store that you shop at frequently or, uh, you know, the newsstand guy or, you know, or somebody like a security guard in your building, you know, something like that. Right. Somebody who's in your life. They're neither positive nor negative. They're just there. Okay. Um, And then the last step is to talk is to think about someone who really gets up your sleeve. Okay, so this could be a difficult client. This could be a difficult uh, employee who's always late and messing up and you, you don't want to fire that person, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it could be, um, you know, someone in the finance department. It could be, um, you know, it could be anybody who just generally, you know, thinking about them raises feelings of of unease, right? And, uh, and maybe even anger and, and tension and this kind of thing, right? And so that's the most challenging. So, so do it in that order, okay? Do the, the person you like first, then the neutral person, then the person who causes you issues, okay? Because it's really important to get it, you know, walk before you run, right? Like challenge yourself after, right? Um, and so, so here's the exercise and it's really totally simple and, and I'm just, you know, just write a couple of notes down and I promise you, you can start this right after I'm done talking here and within, if you do this exercise every day and it takes 10 minutes tops. If you do this every day, uh, you know, for, for like two weeks, you're going to have an amazing difference in your level of empathy and altruism. And I promise you that. Okay. And I'll be here doing these podcasts for, for at least another two weeks. So you can get a hold of me and tell me that you don't, and I'll even have you on the recording and you can tell everybody who's listening that it didn't work. I believe in it that much. Okay. Um, so, so basically here it goes. So, so you close your eyes and you picture this person. Now, now the, the one key is really helpful is don't just think about this person as like a name or, or you know, just an entity in your life. Try to try to really picture their face, okay? Try to really, you know, like visualize it as strongly as you can, okay? Now, there's no real right or wrong, but I'm just, you know, the more you can visualize this person, the stronger the effect is going to be, okay? Um, so, so you're picturing this person who you really love, okay? Let's say it's your spouse, right? And, um, you know, in a good time, right? Like not a time where you're having a fight or anything like that, but just, you know, feeling really good. It's all good. Everything's love, right? Um, And so you picture this person and you say to yourself, okay, inside your head, you say the following phrases. You say, this person is a human being just like me. This person has feelings and emotions just like me. This person has been harmed or has harmed others at some point in his or her life just like I have. This person wants to be well just like me. This person wants to be happy, just like me. This person wants to feel loved, just like me. 
then the next step is to then turn that into wishes for well-being. Okay, so with this same person in your mind, you're going to say, you know, may this person be well. May this person be happy. May this person be free from suffering. May this person feel loved. Okay, now the actual terms that you use. Oh, so so then you're just going to do that same thing for the three people, right? So like, what did that take me? That took me maybe 90 seconds. So you're talking about a total of five minutes and you're done with this. Okay, so you can do it several times a day, no problem. Um, so so if you, you do that, you know, for the, you know the, the way it goes is you do the, the first person, then you do the second person, then you do the third person, then you're done. Okay, so now, but the actual terms that you use, it's not like a spell where you have to say the exact same words that I just said. It's not, you know, it, it's not like that at all. You know, generally, I'm, I'm sure all of you get the idea that, that the, the idea is to first identify how much alike you are to this person. Okay, and that doesn't mean look like, you know, that means just be like, like we're all part of this human experience, right? We all want to be happy. We all want to be successful. Like in business, we all want to make money. We all want to, you know, provide for our families, you know, so you can use any terms like that, right? And then likewise for the wishing well, you know, we all want to feel loved. We all want to be well. We all want to be healthy. We all want to be happy, you know, so, so you can be creative and make up your own words, whatever feels really comfortable to you, okay? So, so don't feel like you have to memorize what I just said and replay this back and forth to try to get it right. You know, you Use your own. It's fine. It's it's totally. It's just the vibe of of you know of of feeling it and 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 getting you know the the connecting with this feeling of of wishing someone well and also connecting with the feeling of of how alike you are rather than how different you are. All right. Um, and so that's it. And that's like the, the you know it's one of the easiest exercises. Now I don't want to overload you here. So on Monday morning I'm going to do another podcast that's going to give you an even easier exercise uh, to do um, uh, that, that surrounding loving kindness to just do the, the altruism part of it. Okay. Um, and this is going to be totally easy. You're not even going to believe it, but, um, but anyway, that's what I want to share about today. And, um, and I hope that it all makes sense and I hope that you, uh, enjoyed it. And, um, and yeah, I hope that, uh, I hope that, uh, it helps. I really do because, um, again, you know, my, my big goal here is to get, um, you know, to get people to really get along better, you know, and, uh, and that's not just to feel better, but it's also for the sake of, of business and everything else. Like, like if we can, you know, connect with each other and we can be more empathic with one another and we can be more, um, you know, uh, compassionate with one another, you know, we'll make better decisions that will be, you know, in all of our best interests. Right. And so, and that includes in business. Okay. I'm not talking about like, again, it's not like woo woo stuff and airy fairy here. I'm talking about, you know, profits and, and, you know, and things like that. And I want you to all be profitable. I want you all to be successful. And, and if we can develop some of these skills, you all will be more profitable and you will be more successful. So, uh, so I wish that for you, my friends out there listening to me. And, uh, and by the way, I don't know if I've said this before, but, uh, if I haven't, I'm going to say it now that if you're looking to get in touch with me and, uh, either talk about some of this stuff on a more deep level, or even maybe explore the 
idea of working with me as a coach. Uh, I do work with business executives and salespeople and, and small business owners uh, as a coach uh, to, to develop these skills on a more, you know, sort of intensive level. And, uh, and I'd love to explore that with you if, if you're into it. But if not, I mean, I'm just happy that people are listening and I'm, I'm happy to share this stuff uh, free of charge every day, Monday through Friday, and I will be back on Monday. And uh, on Monday, oh, but by the way, if you are looking for me, uh, my website is artburnscoaching.com, A-R-T-B-U-R-N-S coaching.com, uh, or my email is art at artburnscoaching.com. And I would love to hear from you, so please reach out, okay? There's lots of information on the, on the uh, website. And my, you know, you can always contact me through email. All right. Um, so on Monday, I'll be back and I'm going to talk about another really important uh, topic, which I mentioned a little bit ago is active listening. Okay. And so when you're, when you're in a conversation and you're thinking more about your, uh, you know, what you're going to get for lunch, then you're thinking about what the person is telling you. Um, I'm going to give you practices that are going to help with that. All right. And, uh, and again, it has nothing to do with any kind of weird meditation stuff. It's just about, you know, a very easy practice that you can do you know, virtually anytime you want. Um, okay, folks. So again, I thank you for listening and, uh, I'm really grateful for everybody tuning in and I'm really happy to be here with you and, uh, I wish you all well and I hope you have a great weekend and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, folks, take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.